Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 355 of the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. This is Linux in the Hamshack, and we are doing our short topics episode for tonight. So we will have some amateur radio information for you, some open source and Linux information, and some information in our Linux in the Hamshack segment, which combines the two of those together in juicy and fun ways that you can explore as you uh, go about your life and enjoy Linux in the Hamshack. So those people who bring this show to you are we. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill NE4RD. So let's jump right into it. And I see that Bill has been at his usual cut and pasting. So we're going to let him handle the first amateur radio topic for tonight. <laughs> since we, we don't actually have a lead topic because, you know, the world is kind of a cluster right now. And we... Yeah, um, thanks. There's this... China has bubonic plague right now. Oh, let's so. let's not talk about any more diseases. <laughs> no more China Chiners. Right no Chiners. <laughs> so, yeah, not only does China have the bubonic plague, but apparently the FCC is banning them as a terrorist organization. Uh, Huawei and was it ZTE because oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because of all their five uh, G. Uh, yeah, five G. So 5G. anyway, that's that's one story that I. Th- that I put on the table and then took off the table because well, we can always talk about how field day was. Well, there we can we do go. that too. All yeah, right, how was field talk day? About? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do that for all you. All right. So our lead topic has now become field day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I operated field day for a little while before getting sidetracked into thousands of other things. I think I made sixty-two contacts. I want to say. How long you made? I started out on 10 meter and 15 meter single sideband and made about 30 contacts doing that. And then I made 30 more contacts doing FT8 sort of roaming around the band, which was kind of interesting because it is my first experience with using WSJTX in field day mode. So all in all, it was pretty good. I enjoyed myself. I made no contacts on six meters, even though I went through all the trouble of putting up that six meter antenna. (laughs) you've made some today though that's true i did i did make two six meter contacts um today and one yesterday uh and interestingly enough the very first one i made uh was with k0 az kilo zero alpha zulu and i think their signal reports were like plus 13 and plus 13 and i was like wow i'm doing really well and then i looked up and he's here in town yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he lives behind State Farm. So. Oh, that's funny. Hey, well, that's good enough. That's still a contact. Now you have a confirmed grid. <laughs> that's true. And today I made one in Arkansas, one in Oklahoma, and one in Canada. 
Sweet. on six meters. So, so the propagation for six meters is kind of interesting because it's both long and short. <laughs> so, yes, it's amazing. Yep. So yeah, I did not do field day. <laughs> it was uh, it was really hot on uh, Saturday, and then it started raining, and then I was like, well. I didn't want to get started on Sunday, so <laughs> I just called it good. I was like, yeah, bye. yeah, it's fine. I didn't, didn't really do it. So, uh, yeah, but it sounded like everybody had a good fun, uh, that was doing it. And, uh, it sounded like quite a bit of activity out there, especially on 15. You said you did a lot on 15 meters and stuff like that, right? Uh, 15 meter voice, uh, single sideband. I did quite a few contacts there. I only, I only managed uh, two or three on 10 meters but i had quite a few on 15 meters it was it was actually really nice i've always been a huge fan of 15 meters just in general because when when there's traffic on it it's easy to find it's easy to work and it's never busy it's never like 20 meters where it's just you know so stacked up you can't deal with it um yeah so i've always been a huge fan of 15 meters so i so i'm parked there a lot when i can be Um, there's been a request what part of canada did you work (laughs) I would have to look at the log book, but I can tell you in a second when I pull up the log. Okay. Well, in the meantime, I will go ahead and cover that very first topic. So we've, you know, covered okay, the, uh, cool. Yeah. We'll slide right into amateur radio. So here we go. So the Tonight at Eight webinar series is uh, part of the RSGB's national get on the air campaign with the uh, National Health Service, I believe. The Tonight at Eight series is a series of live webinars to cover a range of topics that will help you gain more enjoyment from amateur radio. I guess, uh, yeah, you need more enjoyment, I guess. Current <laughs> webinars available on the RSGB site and, or YouTube archive. Uh, they have two of them so far. One of them is uh, from the 29th of June. It's Antennas for Small Gardens by Steve Nichols, G0KYA. And on the 15th of June, they did a Raspberry Pi video uh, by Mike Richards, G4WNC. I started watching the uh, antennas for small gardens, and that was pretty good. So uh, I'll probably check out the rest of them. They have a couple of upcoming ones that people may be interested in doing. And let's see here. We have one coming up on the 13th of July. It's how to check for VDSL RFI by John Rogers, M0JAV. And 27th of July, we have getting started on QO100. So you can probably skip that one if you're in the U.S. because, yeah, you won't be able to work it from here. That one's by Dom Smith, uh, M0BLF. And uh, that came to us from the RSGB's website. All right. Very cool. And for those who are not here in the live stream who missed my posting of the call sign that I contacted on six meters in the chat, uh, it was Victor Echo 3 Fox Golf Uniform out of Keswick, Ontario. So that's where it was. Sweet. And I also, I was, I was in the middle of a contact with Michigan, which is actually probably along that same line between here and Keswick, Ontario. It <laughs> probably mm-hmm. goes over the place in Michigan. Um, but the bottom dropped out of the band and I never completed that. So. Yeah, that'll happen. That's six meters. It's there, and then it's gone. Gone. It's yep. there, and then it's gone. All right. So, Cheryl, you want to read a story, or are I'm you busy? Typing. You're typing, of course. Why I'm, do we have you around? <laughs> I can't believe I got a closet corner. No, you have, you have stuff to do. You, <laughs> all right. Anyway, I'll handle the next one. The next one is the WIA Notice of Annual General Meeting. Uh, the annual general meeting of the Wireless Institute of Australia was to have been held in Hobart, Tasmania, on 10th of May, 2020. Notification of this was included in the January and February edition of Amateur Radio Magazine. Government restrictions on travel and accommodation due to COVID-19 meant that the AGM was postponed and will be held at the WIA 
National Office at Unit 20, 11 to 13 Havelock Road, Bayswater, Victoria, on Saturday, 25th of July, 2020, commencing at 10 a.m., uh, 9.30 a.m. CST and 8 a.m. WST. Due to new COVID-19 restrictions, members' attendance in person will not be possible. The Australian Securities and Investment Commission has agreed that hybrid meetings may be held. The AGM will be streamed live, and members will be able to follow proceedings online. Members will need to register to receive the streamed broadcast. Online registrations will be accepted on and from Friday the 17th of July and will close at midnight on Friday the 24th of July, 2020. And if you're an Aussie ham, this might be important to you. And that came from the WIA itself. So there you go. Oh, speaking of uh, Aussie hams, we have one in the chat room. <laughs> VK6CK? Yeah, VK6CK. Yeah. Got a lot of DX there tonight. We got... Uh bunch of people popping in there i'm trying to I keep know. up but i guess Getting i'm gonna up. have to read that next story huh <laughs> i guess so it's a long one and it's probably best if you do so <laughs> yeah i just slid this in here so yeah this is the qso today virtual ham expo announces full lineup of speakers yeah that's right this is hot off the press it just came from the awrl website like a few seconds ago <laughs> the uh, first qso today virtual ham expo that we uh, had a nice deep dive on with uh, eric for z1ug on the last episode is coming up on Saturday and Sunday, August 8th and 9th. So we got about a month out from right now. Uh, has confirmed what it's calling a packed lineup of, uh, of over 70 great speakers for the AWRL sanctioned event. Attendance and free and registration is open. Presentations will cover a range of topics with two tracks focused on providing hands-on practical advice for those that are just getting started in amateur radio. Steve Johnson, WD8DAS, will demonstrate basic soldering techniques for repairing equipment and building projects. Marcel Stiber, AI6MS, will offer an overview of common battery types, discussing the pros and cons of each, including battery chemistry, common uses, misuses, and everyday application tips. For experienced operators, topics will cover new techniques, equipment upgrading, 3D printing, and more. Glenn Johnson, W0GJ, will attempt to answer the question, is 3DB worth a divorce? Hmm. It's a question we all want answered. And uh, no, <laughs> cover a wide range of antenna topics. Jim uh, Viet, uh, Viet, Viet, sorry, Jim, I can't pronounce your last name. Uh, WA2EUJ <clears throat> will explain how to build a QRP radio. In his presentation, the slot antenna discover, undiscovered country for most hams, John Portune, W6NBC, will demonstrate how a satellite TV dish can be slotted to make an effective outdoor two-meter or UHF antenna for use in antenna-restricted neighborhoods. Prominent youth educator Carol Perry, WB2MGP, will moderate the lineup featuring amateur radio's future leaders, Audrey McElroy. Uh, KM4BUN will speak on getting girls involved in STEM, specifically amateur radio, while hot air ballooning will be fo the focus of a talk by Jack McElroy, uh, KM4ZIA, high-flying kids with HAB. And that, of course, came from the ARRL. Interesting. So there's going to be quite a bit of stuff there. Yeah. And actually, that first one, I think it's the first one you mentioned from Steve Johnston, WD8DAS, demonstrating basic soldering techniques. <laughs> yeah, you need that. Yeah, for sure. I am definitely going to be attending that one. <laughs> well, make sure you're signed up. <laughs> okay. I will definitely make sure I'm signed up because I definitely need some coaching on solder. All right. Well, that covers our amateur radio topics for tonight. So let's move swiftly and smoothly onto open source. And the first topic 
In here for tonight is California launches COVID-19 modeling tool for researchers. This week, the California health officials launched a new COVID-19 online tracking and assessment tool that looks at the virus both statewide and locally. It's called the California COVID assessment tool. Well, that's appropriate. And <laughs> so creative. Yeah, Californians, they got all this stuff figured out, don't they? These government guys are really, really creative. It's uh, CCAT. <laughs> and public health officials hope that it can help researchers and the general public access short term and future scenarios for all of California. Developers of the tool intend on eventually collaborating with researchers from other states. Governor Newsom said, Quote, we want to give them access through an open source platform to all of the available data that our health professionals have in a way that we don't believe has been done anywhere else in the United States. This is a deep dive for transparency and openness. Hmm. Those are all words we use. <laughs> Interesting. Newsom was also expected to instruct all state agencies to make coronavirus information publicly accessible as long as it does not include information that will violate privacy. And this came from the KNX News Radio 1070, coming to you live from Los Angeles, California. I have no idea where KNX is. Probably <laughs> somewhere in California, but KNX News Radio. <laughs> Traffic on the threes. <clears throat> <laughs> Weather on the eights. <laughs> Spin that dial, kids. Uh-uh. Awesome. So, yeah. Anyway, um, there's only one one short it's mention LA. of open source in there, but. Yeah, what the hell? Well, maybe <laughs> we'll have like a mapping of bar seats being taken and stuff like that. You know, kind of important information for us people that really just want to drink. Didn't we do a story? We did a story a while back <laughs> about Google and several other companies who wanted to take the idea of street view and turn it into interior view. Remember we were talking about that? Yeah, Google already does that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can leverage that technology to do that kind of thing. Make sure you're keeping socially distant. Yeah, we can see who's not wearing a mask. <laughs> and we can shame them on um, you know, the YouTubes and uh, the face bags. The two, yeah, the two views. Okay, so anyway, moving on to our next story. Bill? Oh, of course. Uh, what do you mean? It's, uh, you know, the I one who's know. sitting across from me not going to read it. She's typing. <laughs> this better be a darn good recipe. Now let's see. Uh, we got a uh, connecting open source maintainers with people who want to help. Really, this is how that works. Open source software is incontrovertibly, 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 whatever. Runs think, the world. I think you were like speaking like an English person emulating an American person emulating an English person. <laughs> uh, they're just putting too many syllables in these words. I just don't know what's going on here. Uh, uh, so yeah, the OSS runs our world. We know that. Uh, enterprise open source is considered to continue to grow in 2020. I, I copied this from a website, so I know it's really bad. Uh, most of the internet is running on Isn't that what Bill always does? Uh, yeah, this is so bad. <laughs> I, I did. I kind of just threw it in there because I just wanted something else in there, and I now I'm feeling bad about it. Anyway, so most of the internet is running on open source software, and millions of developers, yeah, we've already heard this, millions of developers build and maintain hundreds of thousands of open source packages and uh, more than 250 programming languages these days. Of course, you know, as long as it's not in JavaScript. No, just kidding. Uh, Adoptopos. Such a cool name. Adoptopos. Just say that a couple more times. Adoptopos <laughs> is an open source app that connects open source software maintainers with people who want to help keep projects and maintainers healthy in the long term. 
Adoptopos <laughs> offers a platform to put your open source projects up for adoption. So that's where the adopt comes from and make initial contact with potential co-maintainers. I think they so, missed an opportunity there to have a fifth element reference and called it multipos. Yeah, multipos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I ran across this on, uh, I think it was through Hacker News or something like that, or Hack News, whatever. And uh, yeah, so that's what you get for me having to dumpster dive for this stuff. <laughs> was not my favorite article, but I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting name. I was wondering if we could make fun of it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Multipos is kind of funny. Yeah. Kind of Adopt a pos. It just sounds so funny. I don't know. Um, it looks like there's some traction on there, and uh, I don't know how old this is. Uh, when was that median post? Medium post. It was back in... March 30th, so not too old. You know, they were just talking about it. So, yeah, so uh, check it out if you're an uh, open source project maintainer and uh, looking for co maintainers. I guess not just people to, uh, you know, ask for pull requests and stuff like that, but, you know, people that actually want to help maintain and make the project go for a long time. Uh, this is something that you can look uh, for other people that are looking for you, maybe. Oh, oh, I was going to mention the, the Ike Dottery, Dottery story or whatever, too. Did you hear Ike's making another uh, operating system? <laughs> Another no. distribution, you know, the guy that brought us Solus, <clears throat> he's making a new, another one. <laughs> I should have put that in here. I didn't even think about it. I flagged it somewhere and I, I didn't bring it up, but I was just Well, you can talk about, about it, it next time. Yeah, we'll save it for next time. Uh, hopefully it'll be something downloadable by then. Knowing him, it probably will be because he's pretty psycho. Prolific. <laughs> <laughs> when he codes, he's out there. He's doing it. You could have said prolific, but you went with psycho. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, once you go past prolific, you become psycho. <laughs> so on this next story, you're going to have to cover it as well because I'm sure it's a cut and paste. And um, oh, Yeah, I can go to this because I'm going to talk well, about it anyways a little uh, bit later too. Well, that's good because I'm wondering if they've been co-opted by the Russians because it's called Uliana. Uliana. <laughs> so is it, so is it uh, is it now a Russian distribution? Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Just like everything else in we're Soviet always, Russia, we're like uh, you know, distribution. Instead of playing, you. Uh, you know, click to find Hitler inside of uh, you know, Wikipedia, you can maybe do this to find Russia. <laughs> Let's look through open source articles to find Russia. Anyway, uh, what we're talking about is Linux Mint 20 finally released. Yay! Ooh. Yay! Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Uliana. We need uh, to have, I need to have one of those uh, party favorite things. What, what do they call those things? <laughs> the things we go, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah so here we go linux mint 20 is a long-term support release which means it will be supported until 2025 where the wheels fall off uh it comes with an updated uh software and bring of course it comes with updated software why would they do a new release and brings refinements to many new features to make your desktop even more comfortable to use I never got comfort from a desktop, so might I might have to switch. Uh, flavors currently available are XFCE, Cinnamon, and Mate. The star of the show in Linux Mint 20 is a new application called Warpinator. <clears throat> Get out your Warpinator. Uh, Ten years ago, Linux Mint 6 featured a tool called Giver, which was uh, which could share files across the local network without any server or configuration. Computers would automatically see each other's and see each other <clears throat> and uh, could simply drag and drop files from one to another. Well, when the giver project was discontinued, it had to be removed from Linux mint and we've been missing it. We've been missing that functionality ever since warpinator is a reimplementation of giver server configuration uh, and FTP NFS Samba 
is overkill for casual file transfers between two computers, and it's a real pity to use external media, uh, internet services, USB sticks, or external hard drives, just to share files that when uh, files when there's a local network which could do just that. With Warpinator, Linux Mint 20 brings back easy file sharing across the local network. And it does not bring back easy copy read. So, you know. <laughs> is this uh, only for Linux Mint 20 machines? So it won't be available for any other people except 20, Linux Mint 20 users? I think it comes installed on there. I don't know whether it's a package that's out there. I mean, I you know. Google search it isn't Bonjour or something for doing stuff like this? It'd be very similar to how Bonjour connects devices, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> an established protocol that's available on everything but let's reinvent the wheel that's what we do in open source <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> they're actually using oh that's kind of cool they're actually using it looks like uh, gprc to to handle the payloading so that's kind of an interesting thing yeah. huh. well we'll see how this goes and we'll I'm see i'm assuming you could probably install it it's on gitlab or you know github so uh <clears throat> And what is the license? Where's the license? How come it's not here? Why is there no license file? Oh, God. I'm telling you because Linux it's been co-opted. If, if, the, if the next Mint. episode of this show is, like, edited, <laughs> you'll know why. Because Bill decided to install Linux Mint 20 on his machine, and he's now a member of the KGB. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm already being picked up. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't see a license file. These guys are horrible. Come on, guys. Oh, there you go. GN GPL three. So there you go. There you go. So so yeah, you can install it. Why not? Just put it on whatever you want and have your bonjour service. <laughs> Wanna be fakey service that you can already get. But no, that's pretty cool. But yeah, so check it out. The download is uh, available out there, and I will talk about it in a little bit uh, with uh, Ham Radio Readiness. But uh, in the meantime, back to you, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the meantime, we'll we'll throw in one more story. We'll we'll go over to Linux in the Ham Shack, which is our namesake segment for the show. And uh, I threw in a story that is might be of interest to some folks because people who are into technology also tend to be into airplanes and raspberry pies and things like that so i picked up a story off of zdnet that says how i built an sdr system to track passing planes uh, picking up on the adsb signals is easy enough they're broadcast on a known frequency 1090 megahertz and have to deliver data in a set format always good when it's standards based if you've seen services like Flight Radar 24 and FlightAware in the news, those services get their data from a network of volunteers with their own ADSB receivers. Setting up an ADSB base station is now as easy as getting a Raspberry Pi, plugging in a receiver, and downloading and configuring a ready-to-run system image. Based on configuring a ready, oh uh, yeah, based on Raspbian. Let's not read the same sentence over again. Based on Raspbian, PiAware is a headless Linux distribution with all the software you need to work with a radio, a radio stick including the Dump 1090 ADSB Modest decoder. Dump 1090 comes with a built-in web app that maps currently tracked aircraft and can also be used to send data to other apps and servers, helping feed data into larger public ADSB networks. Configuring receiver is easy. You'll need your GPS location to four decimal places as well as an, approxim an approximate boy, wow. height of your antenna, approximate. Yeah, we're just having problems talking about <laughs> Approximate. Approximate. <laughs> Height of your antenna. You'll also need to configure network connections, either Wi-Fi or wired Ethernet. 
Most of this can be done by editing the configuration files on the PiAware micro SD card, letting you treat the whole system as an appliance. With the configuration data in place, you can boot your server and leave it running. And there, of course, is a lot more information in that story and links to information on the various parts of the system that you can build using PiAware Raspberry Pi for ADSB decoding. And like I said at the beginning, that comes from ZDNet. The author was a ham in uh, London. So there you go. Uh, prices in pounds. <laughs> All right. You're a pound of flesh, right? <sighs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All Whatever right. So we're, we're going to circle back around and talk a little bit about Uliana, Uliabana Rachmaninov. <laughs> otherwise known as Linux Mint 20, uh, Linux which, 20, which Bill has apparently attempted to use. I have, I have a, I have spun up the old virtual machine of love and, uh, readily downloaded that ISO file. I did try, uh, downloading the torrent to be, uh, you know, nice at the beginning, but, uh, there was like nobody seeding it. So <laughs> I was like, screw it straight to the ISO download, uh, brought it down. Uh, I have downloaded the uh, XFCE version. I believe the size of the file, it's up on the, the machine upstairs, uh, was around 1.8 gig. So it's a pretty pretty healthy ISO download, but that's not abnormal these days. Um, so, yeah, the XFCE, I uh, did the install. The install, you know, it's a typical Ubuntu installer. There's nothing spectacular there that uh, that you haven't already seen if you've installed Ubuntu or Pretty much, I think almost all of them use the same installer these days. So, uh, pretty straightforward. The only extra option uh, was to install the media codecs. I don't know if you remember the drama about that a few years ago <laughs> when they took that away for a while and people didn't know how to install their codecs because it, you know, didn't have a checkbox. Okay. Here's a question before you continue. Yeah. Uh, the MP3 licensing, has that been adjusted? It has, hasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So MP3 okay. is free now. Yeah. It is not encumbered anymore. It is no longer encumbered. That's what I thought. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the install went fine. Um, you know, not, not any slower, faster than any other install. So can't really complain there. Uh, booted up, uh, you know, nice, uh, nice looking background. Um, it's a nice, you know, nice dark background. And, uh, the UI was pretty slick for XFC already kind of pre-skinned a little bit. So, uh, so nice. Uh, so I opened up the uh, the good old terminal there and started to wonder if uh, I was going to have to do the dash recommends or <laughs> when I went and just blindly installed the ham radio pure but pure, pure blend on it. And I didn't have to do the recommends. It automatically did the the file properly this time. Uh, used both uh, apt uh, apt uh, install with the uh, regex in it, and I also used the apt get. Uh, without the regex, just the star, the ham radio dash star. That all installed just fine. Uh, I was preparing to install CQR log, so I, like I always do with Ubuntu systems, I always install MariaDB first, so it knows it's already there. But when I did an apt install on the, uh, on CQR log, it promptly uninstalled MariaDB and put on MySQL. So that's kind of like a slight deviation from, I think what the author wants that to be built against, <laughs> but uh, surprisingly it loaded up just fine and built its database and I was in and available to log eh, pretty quickly. So not too bad. I also installed, let's see, WSJTX was still the two one two version or two one. Yeah. Two one two. I think it was on there. 
And, uh, I believe they had a WSJT uh, or JS8 call was like 2.1 beta or something like that. <clears throat> so still a little bit behind there. And, uh, other than that, yeah, everything, uh, everything was pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. Nothing, uh, nothing abnormal. Not like, you know, 19.3 was kind of weird because it didn't install the, the pure blend packages. <clears throat> so, uh, this is going to get a you know a pretty decent score for right now. We're going to call it a, at least a four point. Uh, we'll give it a four point seven, and uh, it should be real easy to kind of get started on it. And hopefully there'll be no questions. <laughs> uh, definitely working on. A, I'll work on a video on it, and we'll get it up to the site just like all the other ones I say I'm working on, but I haven't got it up to the site yet. But uh, um, but I think you'll be happy with it if you're if you're a Mint user. This is you know a nice nice upgrade, nice uh, nice eye candy. Of course, they've always tried really hard to make that nice. I have heard some rumors that the the cinnamon was having some issues with some stability stuff. Um, you know, can can almost be like what we've seen with GNOME uh, within our group of uh, Ubuntu twenty oh four users that have had random lockups and stuff like that. Um, so I'm not sure where that's at and what, what's that getting solved on, but I know people have like switched from like cinnamon to mate in cases and, you know, some people are experiencing no problems. So it's probably, you know, a fairly small segment of the installation population. So, uh, but yeah, there it is. A Linux Mint 20, totally ham radio ready. You can get going on it. Um, it still has the same problems of, of not being able to install the devs directly off of, uh, WSJTX's website without, uh, doing the hackery. Like what did you, what did you do, uh, um, I, I just did a, I did a force all install, but oh, that, that right. broke a lot of things. So I oh, eventually do took that. that out and built WSGTX from stock from uh, source. So, yeah. So, yeah. So avoid doing that, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just be no, just know that they're not building against 20. Oh four, which is really like they're missing what lib read line and something else is lib lib G Fortran. Yeah. Lib G Fortran is a different version. So like. They really need to upgrade their build servers now because, you know, who's going to be running 1804 for their, their ham radio station when they can have 2004? So, uh, hopefully, cross fingers, um, they'll build out for the new OS or, well, you can just build your own. So you can have 2.2.2 or 2.2.3 whenever it comes out from WSJTX. But, uh, other than that, hey, it's, uh, it's ready to go. You know, you, you can be up and running in you know, probably, uh, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And, uh, yeah, there you go. So how's Uliana Budgie? I didn't have Budgie. <laughs> no, I still I'm not I'm still running 2004 Budgie here. So uh yeah, that probably won't change on this particular machine because this one becomes more and more of a pain in the butt to change it. <laughs> Every time I do it. That's what virtual machines are for. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, very good. Well, that brings us down to the end of the topics for tonight. And I see that for some reason. Uh, there was a, there was a weird, um, progression in the chat room from talking about reinventing the wheel to talking about flat tires. <laughs> um, and everybody's That's the reason why you need to reinvent the wheel or was that at the flat tire? Was I don't know. Everybody's talking about their tires feel flat when they leave them in cold weather for an extended period of time, which, uh, you know, fair enough. That may be the case, but, <clears throat> um, that has nothing whatsoever to do with, reinventing the wheel or bonjour or whatever the topic we were talking about um <laughs> the, the the warpinator that's it warpinator warpinator yeah yeah so it's kind of connected yeah well it's connected it's just uh yeah 
<laughs> bit of a tenuous connection. Uh, but anyway, that brings us down to the social media roundup. So we're going to bring Cheryl in here, and she's going to tell us about all of the folks who support and have subscribed in one way or another to our program. Yes, and we want to thank these people profusely for helping us out. So for our Patreons, we have Richard Gordon, Andy Webster, Cubicle Nate, Darren King, David Jakeway, Donald Gover, Douglas Redder, Erno Castales, Herb Garcia, John Spriggs, Peter Caffrey, Paul Griffith, Randolph Smith, Robert Pitts, Samuel Vimes, Steve Metcalf, Steve Sainer, William Heckelman, and Jonas Rulo. For our subscriptions, we have Robert Black, Randolph Smith, Robert Halliday, James Lewis, Fred Cole, Michael Burdak, Alan Wilson, Ronald Ike, Michael Conley, Steve Biella, Jim McKenzie, Dylan Angle, Johnny Kinsey, Robert Yerke, Bill Piotr, Darren King, Thor Wiegman, Todd Bowers, Kevin Ivey, John Clark, Bill Collins, Jeff Zimmerman, Tony Coberly, Roger Pereira, Jeffrey Boris, Michael Carey, Steve Hepler, and Michael Jopling. Whew, okay, moving on. Facebook, we have Larry Carter Jr., Jim Neal, and Zichy Shukla. I know I butchered that. Um, for Twitter, we have at QSO Today Ham Expo. On YouTube, we have Raynard Greenwood, and nobody joined the mailing list, and there were no merchandise sales. All right. Well, thank you for that. We are down to the end of the show. I think they're still rattling off things about flat tires in the chat room. But we do want to mention the folks who are here with us tonight and listen to us live and participated in the program. We always enjoy having people show up so we can talk to them and interact and uh, see what general weirdness evolves uh, while we're actually recording the show. Uh, but we had Tony, K4XSS, Jim, VE5EV, Ted, WA0EIR, Don, KC9ZMY, David, VE5UO, Tom, N4, and Darren, VK6EK. So thanks, everybody, for being here. We appreciate you all, and we appreciate everybody who downloads and listens to the program and hopefully gets something out of it every week that we do it because we wouldn't do it if you weren't there to listen. Although, you know, at least a couple of us like to hear ourselves talk a lot. So, uh, <laughs> And please send us feedback. We would love to hear from you. We actually have a phone line that doesn't get used very much at all. One nine hundred. Oh wait. <laughs> well, it's close. One one nine zero nine five four seven seven four six five. One nine zero nine five four seven seven four six five. Is that right? That's not right. Oh man. Seven four six nine. That's got Domino's right. Pizza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One nine zero nine five four seven seven four six. Okay, I you know what? <laughs> I totally. This is why we have the uh, pot. The the yeah, the it's, outro it's, take it's care in the information, right? Except no one listens to the it's outro. It's LHS you know. show, but I don't. Yeah, yeah it's one nine zero nine LHS show, which is five four seven seven four six nine seven four six nine. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I believe you. Yeah, and if not, check the website and listen to the outro because that has the real information and. We also have it on uh, an email address, info at lhspodcast.info, where you can send us email and send us feedback. So, yeah, it's one nine zero nine five four seven seven four six nine. That's right. Yeah, I'm looking at my yeah. phone now trying to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. <laughs> it's been so long since I've had to say it, I didn't remember it. Nobody <laughs> ever calls us. I know, well, Rich does every once in a while. He but, hasn't called us But Rich forever. is Rich. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he hasn't called in forever, too. So. So anyway, yeah, Rich, we're waiting to hear from you. 
or or anybody else we'd love to hear from you <laughs> although rich did send us email the other night yep he did so. all right enough of all of that enough of incorrect phone numbers let's move on to end the show so thanks everybody for listening this has been episode number 355 of linux in the ham shack and we'll catch you all the next time around i'm russ k5tux i'm cheryl w5moo and i'm bill any 4rd 73 For listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8 pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at urlbctsinfo LHS Live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW That's 1-909-547-7469 Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or ham Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.